When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening and maybe watching Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger heading into, what are we at, week 11 of the week college football 11. season? Huh. 75% of the way done. Most teams have played yeah. nine games, so 75% of the way done. Um, it's almost over. Crazy. Some, I hate some that. Some people happier about that than others. Not Most me. people may live in South Florida. They do. <laughs> that they do. How was your week? How was your weekend? Um, it was good. There was a lot going on. Hadley and Hayden each had a gymnastics meet. Somehow they were scheduled two separate days. So we got to do gymnastics two days in a row along with soccer and our babies turning three. So, you know, just a normal timeline just a in the normal Wilbur weekend. house. Just yeah. lots of stuff. Parenting we did nothing up. this weekend. It was great. Actually, that's not jealous. true. We did go take family pictures on Friday. So that's always fun. Um, but other than that, we, we did nothing. I mean, we just Is that really yesterday. fun though? You know, I will say this. So shout out the girl. Her name's also Allie. She's my favorite Allie that I know. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but she does an amazing job and the kids like, oh, yeah, your family pictures love, are always adorable. The kids love her to death and she had Lincoln just absolutely rolling laughing. So like, yeah, family pictures are not typically a lot of fun because it's like a lot of prep and. Everybody's acting like a brat. The you whole way there, I'm like, away. you will smile. Yeah. Just stop it. Stop but what like, you're doing. Don't touch the baby. Smile. She's amazing. And our kids are not big enough yet to like have minds of their own like yours mm. do. Like yeah. we can usually just kind of like threaten them and say like, Mine hey, ice cream never so, touch their siblings more than they do during family pictures. On the way. Yeah. And so, it's all like the older girls turning and looking to try and make the younger girls smile. And it's like, can you just do your job? Your yeah. job is just to look at the camera and smile. Don't worry about their job. So, but yeah, so it's still pretty good. We also do like the 20 minute sessions, like 20, yeah. 30 minutes and we're out. So, but anyway, yeah, weekend was good. Football was fun. Saturday, had, there was a lot of good games on Saturday, really kind of from the start of the day until the end of the day. And then it, it ended pretty well. So how do you want to start? What do you want to start with? Um, dealer's choice. We both had a pretty good weekend. Uh, so I'm good with starting wherever. Uh, we'll start with you. Shout out to Billy Napier picks up his second sec win of the year. It only took about 20 Texas A&M players that were out with the flu and a backup quarterback, but he was able to get it done. Congratulations. Hey, listen, this is a win you didn't think we were going to get. Uh, it's the first road win in almost two years. Honestly. I will say I I had him winning. But as soon as I saw that like 20 guys were out with the flu, I put a big bet on Florida. So, well, you didn't I, text me and tell I will me that say, by any means. 
I will. It was. I mean, I just saw it on the timeline, so I just thought that it was public information. No, so, I mean that you were changing think, your opinion. I saw that yeah, there were people were having a flu, but I think. Um, so, okay. So I'll say this: there are definitely positives to take away. Yeah, I would have still, I so. if everyone would have been healthy and AM would have had their starting quarterback and everything if, else, if, I, if, I, if, I still, if. I still would have, like, I still, I would have stuck with my pick. But as soon as it's all that happened. Up. I mean, I I did. I flipped over to Florida. Yeah, I, I thought. Well, listen, I, and I thought it would have been a really bad loss. Like if if they'd have lost that, I think that had been a, a probably one of the worst losses of the season. Actually, no, it was the worst loss. A lot of Florida's losses have been to pretty good teams. If they'd have lost against A yeah. M this weekend, that that had been a really bad. It loss. would have been the worst loss so far on the yeah. on the schedule for sure. Like, I don't think Kentucky because they've lost. They played yeah. a lot of. Decent good teams. teams. I don't think Kentucky's good. Like, I don't think that's a good loss anymore looking back at it. You know, Kentucky's faltered a lot. But this would have been worse than that. I, this would have been worse than that. Kentucky out. is currently yeah. the worst loss, right? Kentucky sure. is the worst Absolutely. loss. And I think, you know, I do think if Florida got them later in the season, maybe the outcome is different. I don't know. That was a terrible uh, showing by Florida. But, you know, this um, – we talk about where we have in the past Florida not playing 60 minutes, right? Or like they show up for one quarter and that either is enough to get them the W against a really, uh, you know, a not great team, or it's enough to show that there's some life, but not enough to beat a good team. And they've seen that multiple times this year from Florida. It's just, they have not managed to play a complete game. This still isn't a complete game in my opinion, but they won the first third and fourth quarters. And that's a, a step in the right direction. Uh, particularly the third and fourth quarter is important to me. They won the third quarter against Georgia, like if you are breaking that down, which means they came out of the locker room on fire. Some some kind of adjustments that were made at halftime carried over. And that's not something that we had seen prior to their third quarter game against Georgia last week. This week we saw they they pitched a shutout uh, a third and fourth quarter. So that's, didn't they? Isn't, I, I believe they did. Yeah, um, all the game scored in the second Yeah, half, so. I mean, that is that is improvement for this team. I totally get that AM had people out. I just like to see – I don't feel like we've seen Florida turn it on in the second half like we did this week, and they did for a while until truly they were out-talented, out-manned by Georgia. Um, so those are positives, right? Anthony Richardson uh, was a true dual-threat quarterback um, this game. And I think that for him to be successful, that is how Florida needs to use him. That's how he needs to play. He had 201 passing yards, 78 yards rushing. That's a that's a decent day for him. That's what Florida needs to win ball games. They don't need him to put up 500 yards, but they need him to be serviceable both through the air and on the ground. And that's what he was. Florida had 292 yards on the ground. Their running backs really had a good game, almost 500 yards of offense, 493 yards of offense. So uh, you know, but offense aside, honestly, it's Florida's defense that has been absolutely garbage that took a little bit of a step in the right direction. They still can't tackle. They still are, you know, giving more yards than I would love to see. But a shutout second half is a step in the right direction for this defense. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I, I think that, you know, you've got you've to get to a point where, you know, I don't think it – should be expected of Florida to, at this point of the Napier regime, to continuously beat the great teams, right? Sure. They played played well against Tennessee toward the end of the game, played well against Georgia for parts of it, but really weren't in that super close. Um, 
played well against LSU offensively, I'll say defensively, certainly not. Um, but you know, I don't think anybody's, and, and I think that we now are seeing that LSU is, is growing and is really a talented team upsetting Alabama this week. So I don't think anybody's expecting Florida to consistently beat those teams. Right. No, but I they've think consistently you, been in it. And I think that yeah, that's, a I mean, that's at least a moral one. victory. Yeah. So no, I think that's but, where but, you, you want to see. Yeah. I mean, but that's not, that's my mind. point. Yeah. I mean, that's fine either way, like being in that or not. I mean, you know, if that, yeah, I mean, that's okay. But what they do need to do is they need to beat the bad teams, right? Sure. And AM's sure. a bad, AM's a very bad team. Worst a team very in the SEC talented, West. Bad team. I mean, they are. Yeah, they're, they're a, a very horrible talented, team. Bad but they're, team. But they're a horrible team this year, right? Like, I mean, I know well, that it makes you feel better to add the caveat that they're a talented team. They are. They're a more they, talented team than Florida, but they have a worse I don't record. know if they they're were terrible this year. That's not yeah, uh they're just a bad team, right? And they also had 18 guys out with injuries sure. this weekend. And so you've got to beat that. Like they weren't a more talented team Saturday. Like there's no doubt about it with all the, with, uh, with, uh, what was it? Nine starters and seven more right. guys on the two deep out. Right. So, I mean, you got, but that's the thing. You just, you got to win games like that. Sure. No matter how it looks. Um, I thought A&M played fairly well in the first half. And they then did. I think just the, just the lack of depth eventually caught up to them. Like they just well, looked like you they, know, were, the they, most important they really, part- they really um, did look like they were out of steam the second half. And when yeah. you lose that many guys from the two deep, I mean, Florida just did absolutely everything they wanted in the second half, both offensively and defensively, yeah. and looked really, really good doing it. And I think some of that's a credit to Florida, like you said, playing a more complete game than they had for most of the year. And part of that is, I mean, like I said, <laughs> once once all those guys were out, I put the money down on Florida because I was like, you there's know, no way they can lose this game. This is the thing. This makes Florida one game away from being bowl eligible. That may, they're gonna get bowl eligible. I don't think that I don't think there's a way that they lose the next three games. So this was a huge um important milestone because they need those extra bowl practices. It doesn't really matter if you get sent to, you know, who knows what bowl and God knows where it's the extra practices that are important, especially when you're installing a new system and you're a young team and this, they took a step in that direction. And that's big because honestly, if they lost to Texas A&M, there was a chance that they weren't going to be bowl eligible. I think that um, while I think Florida is a better team than South Carolina, we've watched South Carolina get up for big games. We've watched them play like crap some weeks. I think that they are honestly a little bit like Florida in that they're kind of an enigma. Like we don't really know what we're going to get this weekend, but if we had lost to Texas A&M, I would feel far less comfortable going into the South Carolina game because I just think it's hard to recover from that many losses in a row. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. It was a big, big win to almost ensure bowl eligibility. Like a, a loss to Vandy would be, I mean, like, you know, the fans aren't going to want to lose to South Carolina or Florida State, but you could lose either one of those games or both those games and be like, ah, well, you know, we lost. But a loss to Vandy would would be But if they had lost to Texas A&M, it wouldn't have taken – they would have needed more than a win against Vandy to get there. And I don't know if that happens with that loss to A&M. And so when we talk about moral victories, this was a moral victory because I think it is very, very difficult to motivate a team uh, had they had lost this one yeah. so. and, and South Carolina's, you know, been very up and down and ESPN, yeah. ESPN gives South Carolina a 20 something percent chance to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like Florida's a heavy favorite here. They yeah. opened up as a two score favorite. The game's at home. I don't want to say that it, but okay. So here's, 
here's a here's a take. It's not a must win in the sense of uh, anyone's job or any stability sure. or anything like that. Or, but to me, this is about as close to them. Like you've got to continue what yeah, you did positively last week. I think so too. I, I think that's a fair statement. This is a yeah, you, it's not a must win because he's not getting fired if they lose, right? Like it doesn't. No, so, but it's a must win you've got to, to win continue any sort of momentum that you have. And I think you've got to beat the bad teams, like we've talked about. You and you've this. said it for years that, like, yeah. first you beat the bad teams. And then, you know, and you get blown out by the good teams. Then you lose the good teams close, which I kind of think is where Florida is. For the most part, they beat who they're supposed to. And they hang around enough with the good teams, but they haven't closed the, the deal except for Utah this whole season on those good teams so they're kind of maybe step two-ish of probably a four-step process right um so uh, but this game i i take it as a must win i'm not saying that gator fans a must win like he's going to be on the chopping block he's not but i think to consider this season successful he needs a win uh against south carolina if they can beat south carolina and they can beat vanderbilt they're going to be seven and five at the worst, right? Eight and four at the best. I think that mm-hmm. people would say that is an acceptable first season. I think seven. Yeah. Cause I think if he wins this weekend, they go seven and five. If they can find a way to upset Florida state at the beginning of the year, then yeah. Eight and four is even better, yeah. but you're probably looking at a worst case seven and five season. Mm-hmm. And I think which that's is, okay. Which is, right. Like, yeah, especially, yeah. Especially when, I mean, Florida's over under in Vegas this year was six and a half. So you, slightly overachieved, right? Like you, you either were going to underachieve by half a game or overachieve by half a game. Like, but like, that's essentially what we were expecting out of Florida was six and a half to seven wins. I think you had them at maybe eight or nine. I had seven or eight. So, I mean, we were kind of in that range, Yeah. but especially to for Florida at one point was what four and four. And then you finish the season, the last third at at three and one, it's is really good, right? Like, I think that's, that's a good finish to the season. Um, I will say, so this is, this is a little bit of a hot take. I think that the, uh, this is not just about Florida, but this is about any team in general. Mm -hmm. I think the, you know, I hate on bowl season now. I'm going to hate on the bowl practice thing too. Did you know, like you get an extra 15 practices for bowl season. Most teams don't even use like half of those. Um, just because if your if your bowl falls earlier right than later when your bowl falls for sure what and, your exams are for right school. so like they typically lose exam week they typically just give them a week off and well and that um, part of that is the, the bowls have started to be earlier or the majority of bowls have started to be earlier and earlier, earlier, earlier. It used to and just coaches, be like a random bowl here or there was early yeah um, and coaches also like they're out recruiting and you've got signing yeah, but, day in there and the stuff deal. like that if too. And five so extra practices for a I, new team. I just think there are five extra practices for sure. I also think that roughly 35 to 40% of Florida's roster is not going to be here next year. And so you're also practicing with a bunch of guys yeah. that aren't there. I, I just think the bowl practices because of all those things that we just mentioned, aren't as important as they used to be. Oh, I still think they're important. Agree to disagree. I think that they, I think they're just, as, I think they're just, Florida, as, important. They're they're just, just as, important. as important this year. I, I think that I maybe what that. you're saying is a true statement for a team that no, for every has team been around a little bit longer, but I don't think so, that for so a let's, team re- a new let's reverse coach, it then. The Do you think they would have been more important if Florida got all the practices and there wasn't so much roster turnover? I'm just sure, saying in the past, sure. it would have been more I important. Mean, I just think now it doesn't, 
it's not as big of an advantage as it used to be. Maybe that's a better way to say the same thing. I mean, and that may be the case. And I'll be interested to see how Napier uh, uh, takes advantage of it. And a lot of it will be out of his control. Like you said, it depends on when uh, the exam schedule is. It depends on whether a bowl game is. Um, But I have a feeling he will take advantage of it as much as, you know, he's capable of. But listen, I think any extra practice for Florida at this point is important. It could be three it could be seven it could be 15 i think it's important for this team yeah, and, no, and the young guys i mean either. i think we, ar is probably coming back right so uh, like it would be smart for him know. to come back I heard he's generational so we'll see but i'm not saying it's not important i'm not saying it's it. not important i guess saying it's less important than it used to be okay. or it used to be more important if that makes you feel better to say it that way um all of the bowls just need to go away is, oh, is what I we love would agree season. to. Oh, uh, 32, 32 team playoff. Let's go. Hey, we would be in that yeah. if that was to, to happen. Before we yeah. talk about um, the ranked section of the uh, of the state up in the uh, northwest corner, I'll give so a quick annoying. shout out. I'll give a quick shout out. Oh, I have had to do this pod with you for four straight losing seasons. I, I don't feel bad at all. We'll give a quick <laughs> shout out to Brunt Insurance. Uh, appreciate them and their support from Tallahassee to the Keys. Greg Brunt of Brunt Insurance will get you taken care of on any of your insurance needs. 954-589-2204, or you can go to bruntinsurance.com. But we would certainly suggest that you give Greg a call and chat with him today so you can talk a little college football and then see if he can save you some money on car, home, uh, auto, that is car. Um, you got a trailer, you got an RV, you got a boat, you got a motorcycle, whatever it is, Greg will get you taken care of. Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. Call Greg today. See if he, well, not today. It's, it's late at night. But if you're listening to this, call Greg today and see if he can save you some money. Brunt Insurance, Greg Brunt, great folks over there. They insure both my cars and my home. Shout out Greg Brunt of Brunt Insurance. Okay. Did you stay up late and watch the game on Saturday night? Um, I did. Um, I Yeah, but honestly, I started switching it over to – other more interesting games because Florida state had it in the bag. So there was not a whole lot of intrigue. Um, I, uh, first of all, the funniest thing to me was when they announced that it was a sellout crowd as they're panning and there's all these empty seats and it looked like Florida state had more fans than, than Miami did. So I think the conclusion that I've come to is Miami has decided if they don't offer seats and just leave a section empty, then they don't have to count it in the ticket total and they can say it's a sellout. So like we just didn't open these giant sections. They were never for sale. We sold the tickets that we decided to put, you know, make available or whatever. Therefore it's a sellout because that's literally the only thing that it can explain them announcing a sellout crowd with massive, huge gaps uh, in the stands. But I digress. I've never, I've never been a big fan of the way that some teams, and, and I believe, not, not to give you guys a hard time, I believe Florida does this, does this too. I've never been a big fan of the sports information departments announcing um, paid attendance. I've always been a I think that's fan what of pretty much everybody does. But we do actual attendance, which is like, you know, to me, I, I care more about how many people are actually there. As how a, do so you Miami, um, so record that Miami, in real time? I mean, it's all scan. Everyone does scan tickets. So, I mean, it, it all just goes into a, a, mm-hmm. a, but it always gets announced in the third quarter anyway. You know, I mean, we're yeah. Florida, we, we count things quickly. Um, shout out to tomorrow night. Um, so, 
Um, this, this yeah, I mean, I don't know how Florida so, does that, but I'll tell you, every time they I've, announce I've it, never, uh, sellout, it looks pretty damn full. There's definitely yeah, I've just never section. been a never been a big fan of paid attendance, which Miami certainly does that, and Florida. Yeah, doing but there's zero percent chance that all those right. completely empty sections were paid for. Yeah, Florida doing it bothers me less because you know you're you're talking about you know, what's the swamp hold 89. And so like, there might be like 89, five or something, right? Like you're talking about a difference of like 500 tickets. When Miami right. does it, they do a paid attendance of like 58,000. And you look on right. TV and you're like, there's 20,000 people. There. Right. Like right. We're, we're not talking 500 tickets of people that like got right. traffic or sick or whatever. Sure. didn't show up. We're, sure. we're talking like 40 grand that, that you sure. guys are making up. So anyway, yeah, I mean, but it was fun, you know, game winning touchdown a minute and a half into the game. That's always a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, from start to finish, I, I'll tell you, I spoke with somebody before the game. Um, let's be careful. Uh, I spoke with somebody or chatted and, and heard some things from somebody on the team. And, um, you know, there's there's always a, you know, any athlete is going to think when they're going into a big game like that, like, oh, man, we got it, right? Because you've game planned and you've studied and you've done film and, and you, yeah, if if everything that Florida State or Florida or Miami or A&M or whatever, if everything you call that day goes perfect, like, yeah, you are going to win that game, right? Because sure. that's, if you execute it 100%, like, you're, you're just going to win. The problem is no team has ever played a game and executed every single play at 100%, right? The other right. team sometimes wins battles and stuff. So sure. I heard on Friday that the confidence level was just like through the roof. Um, from Florida state. And it, and it was, it was said in the way of like, Hey, we're going to kill them. Like we're going to crush them. We know everything they're going to do. We are going to win this game by a ton. It is not going to be close. Right. And not really like in a cocky way, like, Oh man, they should, you know, we're such hot crap. Like it was more so just like, we, we know like the style of offense that they run the way that their defense, um, does certain things like we've basically been preparing for it all year because it's similar to this team, this team, this team, and this team. And they were like, we're so confident that we're going to have success. And man, I heard that. And I was just like, I wonder how true, like, cause like any kid is going to be confident. Like every player, I mean, they're D one athletes. Well, you want them to be right. Like if they're saying like, Oh man, they're going to kill us. I hope the Miami be a great thing. I hope the Miami players were that confident too, right? Like I hope they weren't going into it. Like, Oh man, we're going to get killed. And so, Anyway, I, but I was just like, man, I don't know. Maybe there's like some overconfidence and like an hour. So there was really good games on all day. Like that Tennessee Georgia game really wasn't great, but um, it was, it was on all day. And I had some other stuff on that was pretty fun with the other TVs and stuff, but like an hour before kickoff, like I just got so extremely nervous. And I was just like, cause I mean, it's still a rivalry. Van Dyke looked like he was going to be starting. And you're like, oh man, he was the one thing that like Miami could kind of rest their hopes on. Right. And then Florida State just absolutely kicked their teeth in. And it was fantastic yeah. and really did absolutely everything they wanted to. Miami had a top 20 rushing defense going into the night, and Florida State threw the ball 12 times. Um, they literally, or Jordan Travis threw the ball 12 times. Tate did come in and, and throw it a couple of times. But um, yeah, I mean, they just ran for absolutely everything they wanted to. Yeah. Um, running backs had over 100 yards receiving, had over 270 rushing yards in the game. Um, it was just domination from the word go. Yeah. Uh, Miami did get a field goal off, um, but the second largest margin of victory for the Knolls ever. Yeah. Um, they uh, they liked to make jokes about winning fifty two to ten a couple of years ago, and um, then this score ended up being uh, the same margin. So 
fun stuff. It was a it was a fun game to watch. It is a lot of fun to watch a rivalry game. Florida State, <laughs> Florida State, I believe had like a ninety nine percent chance to win before halftime. That's like crazy. it had already it had already it gone already, up it was to like over like ESPN's like you know percent chance to win. Yeah, um, was already up over ninety nine percent at halftime before halftime. I'm sorry, and so. Yeah, it's very it's great to watch a game like that. Like yeah. you talk about no stress in the world. Um, you know, I think Florida State um is a good team. They're an above average team. I do think they're a top right about where they're ranked. I think they're a top 20-ish team in the country. Um they had a really rough stretch. They played like you talked about, they they played some good teams fairly close, just couldn't get over the hump. And then they went out and just beat the crap out of a bad team. They'll get to play Syracuse this weekend where they're a touchdown favorite. There's some questions around Syracuse's starting quarterback, whether he's going to be in or not. Um, they need Whether he's in or not, Florida State needs to go out and get that win to get win number yeah. seven. They're going to beat Louisiana to get win number eight. And then it all comes down to Florida. If, if Florida State can, you know, their expected win total this year was the same thing, six and a half this year. If they can get to eight wins against Louisiana, if they can get to nine against Florida and then have a shot at 10 in the bowl, or if you lose to Florida or Syracuse and have a shot at nine in the bowl, and that's still three more than you were kind of expected mm-hmm. to do, which I think is it, it probably accelerates the rebuild. Or two and a half, you know, same way that you mentioned it with Florida. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people had Florida State only winning six of theirs. Like the juice was on that side. But um, so two and a half – games more if you get to nine three if you get to ten yeah. it probably yeah, I mean, accelerates the rebuild by a yeah. year you know i don't think I, anybody i mean nobody nobody expected again nobody pretty really far into the rebuild though i mean this is year three this is yeah. not like which this I, is usually for most schools the, the you know the show me do it or well, get well, off the pot kind of yeah. uh and, kind of and year I think, so i, I mean accelerates the 10, rebuild what's the window for the rebuild I don't, so I don't, I think that the Florida state administration, I think we've talked about this in the past, but just as a refresher, I think the Florida state, yeah, I think, I think the Florida state administration understood where the program was, like how far into the dirt the program was. How do you keep fans that I'm kind of asking as a Florida fan, because I am, I am a proponent of giving coaches enough time, right? I think that, I don't think three years is enough time for any coach. I think sometimes you have a situation like you had with McElwain or you had with Taggart where you like, you know, earlier in that this is not the person for the rebuild. So it's literally easier to just kind of bail and start over than it is to give them the full time and have the rebuild not, not work and then start over. But I do find that most, I mean, at the very least Florida fans are not patient past the three-year mark essentially and so it is interesting though because i really haven't heard much from florida state fans and obviously now with uh you know they've come on uh this season a, a little bit but like i don't know i'm surprised i think they want to see i think it, it it matters well no after four games last year when they were zero and four and had lost to jacksonville state and gotten blown out by wake forest i mean that's all anybody was talking about was yeah. like this is it this this guy's got to go he's gonna be worse than tagger I wouldn't say in that. Like I've, I've tried to be pretty positive about things, but yeah, there was a large contingent of the Florida State fan base that was very upset. To answer your question, I think Mike, right or wrong, 
by this administration gets a complete pass for 2020. I think that they look at where the program was in 2020 and look at the fact that he got rid of 45 players off of an 85 player roster and dealt with COVID, not having to have any visits on campus, a, a schedule where five games got rescheduled and moved around. I think they look at 2020 as a complete wipeout. Whether that's right or wrong, you can at least understand it. Like you can say like, okay, that makes sense. So you start 2021 and you start 0-4 and, and you're like – this is the worst program starting in history since before Bowden. Like what the hell is going on? But then you come out of that at five and three and you play your last three games relatively closely. You lose by one score to Clemson. You play NC state really well with a bunch of guys with the flu. And then you play Florida close on the road and lose by a field goal. Right. And so I think that this year was very important for the administration to see, okay, you were trending up in your, your two, right. You get a pass for your one, but you were trending up in your two can you continue to trend up in year three? And so that's where I think Florida State needed to get to seven or eight wins. And anything above that is, wow, you were trending up probably a little better than we even expected this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think Florida State fans would be thrilled with 10. I don't think anyone expected 10 coming into this right. year. But I think they'd be pretty happy with eight or nine as well, right? I think right. they won. I think they lost games that – they were supposed to lose. They were a favorite against Wake Forest. I will say that. So that one kind of flips. But they won a couple of games they weren't supposed to win. And so that kind of balances out. They weren't supposed to beat LSU. Right. They certainly weren't supposed to beat Louisville with a backup quarterback. And so, yeah, I think they won some games they weren't supposed to. They maybe lost one game they were supposed to win. And if you do that, you're probably hitting that season expectation. And I think fans are – relatively happy with that. I do yeah. think the Florida game is really, really important. I think that this is a big opportunity for Florida State to beat Florida, and we'll certainly talk about it more over the next couple of weeks because, you know, we both play schools that we should beat pretty bad after next – or, you know, on next week in Bandy and Louisiana. But I think that, uh, you know, the Florida – if they finish 8-4, and four, lose to Florida close, and then win a bowl, like, right. I mean, they're going to win nine games. I mean, that's – that's a pretty good year, right? Like, but I think he's got a chance to make it a phenomenal year by beating a, a Florida team that's been pretty inconsistent and um, a team that Florida State should probably score on. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, confident that Florida's defense has like everything figured out just yet. But I, I think the Florida game will be pretty, pretty important to whether or not this was like, a, oh, okay, well, that was an above average year or like, wow, that was a great year. Like, you either got to nine or 10 wins by mm -hmm. what you did at the end of the year. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, where are we in the rebuild, though? I mean, yeah, if you win 10 games, if you were if you were to get to nine or 10 wins this year, I mean, I think the expectation then again would be to find a way to get to 10 wins next year. And if you stack back to back 10 win years, then I think you're looking at, you know, in 2024, I think you're a serious contender for the ACC. I'll say this. If Jordan Travis comes back next year, I think they're 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 in contention for the ACC. Like the expectations around how good the team will be are somewhat tied to whether or not he comes back. If he comes back, he's been really good this year, like phenomenally good this year. Um, all of the advanced metrics have him in the top 15 of all quarterbacks. It's not just an ACC thing. He's in the top I don't know three that I would ACC. say top 15 is phenomenal. Fit, top 15 out of 130? I mean, that's the top 10%. I mean, I don't know. Top 10% isn't phenomenal. In my book, but I guess. I mean, it's an A, right? 90 to 100 would be an A. So I mean, he's getting depending A. Depending on the school you went to, the school I went to is 94 to 100. <laughs> oh, well, back in the 40s. Um, 
<laughs> no, but I think he's been really good. I think he's been an excellent quarterback this year. And um, if he comes back, I think the expectations will be that Florida State competes for the ACC, right? Mm-hmm. You you need to be – you need to – I think the only acceptable ACC loss next year would be Clemson. Florida State's schedule also lines up really, really well next year, mm-hmm. as I also think Florida's does, just for the record. Um, I think Florida's schedule – gets a little bit easier next year. You get Arkansas as opposed to A&M. Um, you do have to go to LSU, but I think Utah will be down. You get Tennessee at home. I don't think Kentucky will be good since Levis is moving on. So I think Florida's schedule lines up pretty well as pretty good as well. But yeah, I think Florida State's schedule lines up honestly even easier. You know, they, they had a lot of tough games this year, but they played North Alabama. They play Southern Miss. They play Duke. They play Wake, who won't have Hartman anymore. They play Virginia Tech at home, who's the worst on that side of the conference. I don't think Miami will be back just yet. They play at Boston College, who loses their quarterback. So, yeah, I think that next year Florida State really needs to find a way to win 10 games. You know, the the only three tough games on the schedule to me are LSU, Florida, and Clemson. Essentially, you need to win one of those, right? Find a way to win one of those three games. And you get to play LSU and Orlando. And, but, but I think that, I think that's similar to Florida. No, I mean, I think if, if Anthony Richardson leaves, I think the expectation is probably going to be around that eight, nine wins again. And if he comes back, I mean, you're going to be looking at like nine, 10, 11, like well, you need to win more games, right? I if mean, he's back. Nine wins isn't possible for Florida this year. So the ceiling. Is no, I'm sorry. Moment. Next year. No, I understand ne- that. But what I'm saying, you said nine wins again. I mean, I guess they could win their bowl game and get nine wins, but um, the, the expectation is, more wins than this year whatever this whatever it ends up being if it honestly if it ends up being nine wins in a bowl game uh that's the ninth win florida fans are going to expect that the bowl game is the 10th win next year and for for better or for worse i'm not saying that i that i necessarily agree with that but that's the way florida fans are wired right like next season has to be better than this season and i i if i'm advising anthony richardson i'm telling him to come back i mean i know nobody cares what uh I think on that topic, but I think he could definitely benefit from a year, another year back. If he's not, um, then Florida will be breaking in a new quarterback, but that's what they were doing this year too. So, so if, I, if I mean, Anthony Richardson has anything, but a first round grade, I would say he should come back. If he has a first round grade, he should leave. Well, I, just, I would, okay. You that's a fair statement. I just, you shouldn't turn down that much money. First, right. I will be surprised if he is a first round grade, but I agree with you. Cause Any he's not starting the first round grade. Yeah should go ahead and go uh to the nfl because you're risking injury you're you know yeah, they're like but, 40 million dollars <laughs> but i also will be surprised if that's where his draft grade right. comes back so i mean the caveat i think he should come back unless he grades yeah. out as a first round draft pick which i don't think he will but yeah. i do i don't think that there's a scenario where florida fans think that the same or less than wins as this season is acceptable regardless of how this season shakes out it's got to be at least one more next year no matter what. And is that fair? Probably not. But I, I think that that's how uh, that Florida fans. I don't know. I think it is. I I don't know. I think that is fair to say that next year should be one more, at least one more win. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. I think, I mean, I think that there's, I think it's a hard blanket statement to make because you got to see what, what factors come into play and what plays out. I don't think Gator fans will care what those factors are or how things play out. I think, for most people, they see, will say, but you want to see him, especially with Anthony Richardson back, right? Yeah. Like to me, that's the big caveat. If you're breaking a new quarterback, you can somewhat maybe excuse it with that and say, like, oh, you had a new quarterback, like it just took a little time. 
Yeah. Overall, I think they want to see progress, right? Yeah. And so I the just easiest think way to be see progress in other ways. I don't think Florida fans agree with that necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it would be. It, yeah. I, th- I find it hard to think that Florida can can afford to lose games more games I mean, next year than they lose this year. Yeah. I think that that's not and, what happens and the biggest reason set the bar so high. It was a six and a half this year, so I don't know how high we're thinking I didn't about set setting that it. bar. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, now I mean, but I think the schedule helps Florida out some next year. Yeah, I think the second year of Billy's system should help some folks out oh, next year. Yeah, you've got less of them, and and I think you know, I mean, Billy's tagged as a great recruiter and is recruiting very well right now. Um, you can go out. And if you do it properly, you can find guys in the portal that make mm-hmm. a massive, massive difference. Sure. Dan and Norvell's great at it. Yeah. Um, Norvell has been phenomenal at it. Look at all the yeah. guys making impacts on this team. Yeah. Trey Benson went for 200 yards. And I like portal guy, Jermaine Johnson, first round pick, Jared verse, first round pick, Johnny Wilson, best wide receiver, yeah. all portal guys. And, and so like you can, to, to, uh, to Napier, he brought guys in the transfer portal who have really played out well for Florida as well. Like Osiris, Osiris uh, Torrance has been huge. That's kind for of a Florida. cheating one. That's, well, it that's is, a cheating but one. I get it. He, <laughs> that, he followed him here. But I mean, think about that. This is a guy that was playing at Louisiana who is a, one of the top individual linemen in the SEC currently. I'll give you I Ricky. Mean, I'll give you Ricky. I'll give you okay. Ricky. That's cheating. That's cheating with Torrance. Well, <laughs> I, but I mean, listen, it's ballsy, right, to bring your offensive lineman from Louisiana and have faith that he is going to make an impact in the SEC. And not only has he made an impact for Florida, but he's on a bunch of, uh, you know, semifinalist awards. He's he's making waves not just on our team, but in the conference as a whole, which is, you know, part of you know, any semblance of offensive success that Florida's had, yeah. you can credit to him. I mean, and that was, that was, I get it. You, it's a guy you were comfortable with, but still a Louisiana player that you were comfortable enough to pluck and play in the SEC and have it work out is uh, a gamble. Yeah. But. No, he's been big. And like I said, so you can make a, you can make a lot of impacts there, especially yeah. in, in yeah. a year where Florida will recruit well, but of Florida's recruits, right now actually we can even look top uh, we can do 247 florida recruiting rankings recruiting class um like how many how many guys in this top 10 class so it's nine right now how many guys in this top nine potentially higher class are going to be instant impacts not um, many because that's not how right. that's not how it works so you've, with recruits. You've gotta, so you've, you've you got to find develop. Some talent elsewhere. I mean, they may so there may be some DBs that play right away, and that's more based. That's a more need based thing than necessarily a skill based thing. Is that like we need some bodies that got to be better than the bodies we currently have? So even if you're pretty green, you might see the field. But in general, you want to give your recruits time to. Uh, At least half a so, season. I no. mean, hopefully we'll see how uh, Napier does in the transfer. He's he's mentioned that there's going to be attrition. We know attrition's coming. Attrition has already started. Some, uh, some by choice, some not by choice. Um, and we'll see. I don't know. All I can say is at least our recruiting uh, is uh, is still you know moving right along. The record may not be what Florida fans want it to be, but it it is at the moment continuing to hold together and moving right along. We are moving into flip season, so we will see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these last 
what is it, five-ish weeks go, six mm-hmm. weeks um, until signing day, signing maybe day. a little bit more, six or seven weeks. Uh, Florida sitting at nine right now. Can they bump up in close to the five? Do they stay where they're at? Do they fall back a couple? Like what, what's, what's the final look like? Mm-hmm. Again, we will make a big deal of it on here. Um, but to immediate success, the, the class ranking, that's the, I was talking with Newberg about this the other day. Fans love like the class ranking argument. Mm-hmm. Um, when like, I mean, you know, AM had the number one class last year <laughs> and right. look what, you know, look what that, you know, but it's, it is, it's a lot of, and I, so, I do think coaches, the, I do think coaches care because a lot of them have bonuses and stuff tied to it, but it depends on the I coach, think, I think, but some of them I do really, really care. Well, like I said, so I, I know, I won't say anybody specific, but I know coaches that have legitimately had for, okay, for, if you're inside the two, four, seven, Top five, you get this bonus. If you're in the two point well, seven top ten, you get this. Urban bonus. Meyer used to talk so. in his office, like to our office staff, about wanting to win what he called the recruiting national title. So, like, no. it was something that he took very, very seriously. I honestly think that's part of his demise at the end of his time at Florida because he had a bunch of really high related, highly rated guys that didn't necessarily plug into any specific place well. Um, and no. so, I think that there is a there is a risk. In recruiting too, like it makes more sense to recruit the players that fit your what your need and that fit your scheme than it does to sign all top guys who aren't going to fit your scheme. So you may maybe true. you. So I I uh, I got into it with Ruiz the other day. I don't think that Florida State will necessarily out recruit Miami anytime in the very near future, but I don't think Mario Cristobal will ever out coach. So uh, I haven't Bell. thought uh, Mario Cristobal is was a good coach for a long time, right? Like yeah. this is not a new thought for me. I just don't think he's now a good I, coach. I think he's I will, a good let me, recruiter. Let me back up from that for just a second and say that there will be a threshold that gets high enough to where if the talent that he's able to stockpile is you, so much higher. You don't have to be as good a coach. Right. You, you're not going to out-coach that difference. I just sure, don't think he'll be able point. to do it. Because but I, I think they'll think they'll lose too many games in between now. We're moving into this era of recruiting that is, you know, um, uncharted territory at this point. The only examples we have to look at are programs like Texas A&M, who bought the number one class, uh, you know, in the country and is kind of self-imploding. There's a lot of rumors about what's going on in the locker room. There's guys that have been suspended for their behavior inside the locker room. And we don't know for sure that it's a whole bunch of egos that have crashed into each other, but it sure looks like that from the outside. And I think that Miami is very much at risk for something like that. If you have a a locker room filled with guys who only want to be there because of the money that they're being paid, which let's be, let's be real nobody wants to play in front of a stadium that's pretty much empty 45 minutes from campus, right? Nobody wants to play in practice in facilities that we all consider subpar in comparison to a lot of college football. So you've got South Beach, which is obviously attractive to 18 to 23-year-old, 24-year-old guys. um, And you got the money. And literally, that that is the things that Miami brings to the table. I'm not saying I don't think money should be a shouldn't be a factor in any recruits decision because uh, get what you can right like I'm I'm a, but it shouldn't be the only factor and I feel that the players that sign with Miami it's pretty much the only factor and that 
doesn't seem like a good, sustainable, long-term recipe for success to me. And maybe I'll be wrong, right? We'll see how this plays out. But it sure as heck wasn't a good recipe this year. Yeah. I will say this. I I think I'll disagree with you slightly that money is the only factor down there. Just because Mario has been a pretty good recruiter yeah. at other places. Sure. But I do and think it's a recruiter, so it, but I think it's a so main say it's factor. A, it's a big factor. Right, right. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. But I don't, I don't I, think I, it's I the only factor, but I think it is yeah. the driving factor. And I think that when money is the driving factor, like I, Miami's currently not really developing tons of talent. And granted, Cristobal just got there, so we can give him time to see if he really does, you know, step up that development. But lately, Miami has not been known for developing talent. So if, you're not going there because you know it's going to be your meal ticket to the NFL. Um, so again, last, I got a question for you. Last year, if your coach played a three-point game against um, Florida State, Mm-hmm. And then this year, your new coach lost forty-five to three. Would you be calling for his head? <laughs> like um, if Napier comes out and loses I mean, forty-five I would not to three, be pumped, right? Like I would <laughs> yeah. not be pumped like, because these are mostly be... the same pieces. I saw Florida uh, fans saying, like, if we lose forty-five to three in two weeks, I'm 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 starting the I'm starting the fire Napier chance. Forty-five <laughs> to, to, uh, like, losing by that much to anybody will probably get nah, called for your head. Especially you know? your I'm not saying rival. that's fair right. at all. Yeah. But yeah, that would like uh, it is wild. No, I don't think that to me happens. I think that a one percent chance that happens. Yeah. Like, oh, don't worry, enjoy yeah. it now while it happens. Because with our recruiting, you're never yeah. going to see another victory. And like, you look at that and you're like, found the most delusional fan base today. I found it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I'm not know, predicting that. I don't think that happens. But... Levels. Yeah. This is levels. So all right, let's recap some picks. Um, all right. Liberty. Uh, not only covered 13 and a half points against Arkansas, they won Arkansas with a furious comeback. Liberty stops the two point conversion wins by two. So I get the point there. You shouldn't have gone against me. I hey, this you're, Liberty, did I not? No, you took Arkansas because you were trying to pick up points. Oh, um, you both took did. FSU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to let you pick. We have 10 games this week and you really okay. need to come back. So okay. um, I'm going to let you pick all the, games mm-hmm. first and then i'll okay. follow okay. or we could do it like this i could really give you a chance here on this one well let's recap these and then we'll okay. talk about what our thing is um kentucky uh covered against missouri you got the point there uf covered against a m you got the point there but again my solace is that i made actual money by betting on uf that day um I got the point with Georgia. You picked uh, uh, Tennessee. I got the point with LSU as well. I can't believe you took that huge spread. I felt good about LSU covering. I didn't think they'd win, but that yeah. game was phenomenal. Was and um, I didn't feel good about this one. I I thought that Clemson would – I ended up betting on Clemson, so I lost some money here. Um, I took uh, Notre Dame and got the point there. So I went 5-2 and two on the week. You went 3-4 and four season totals. I am 47-26. and 26. You are 39 and 34. So you're eight points back. Um, you need a comeback here. So there's 10 games. You can pick. So we can either do it regular and we can both just pick. And records are records. Mm-hmm. Or you can pick the 10 games and I'll automatically just take the other side of every game. <laughs> and whoever gets more at the end of the week gets all the points. So you could so like if you go six and four, you Let's get six and I get six. nothing. 
Let's just see. All right. All right. <laughs> this is a dangerous proposition. All right. Florida right. State's a six and a half point favorite at Syracuse. Uh, I think I think they keep it rolling. I think Florida State wins. I, I think Florida State too. Mm, I love it. I love it. Last few weeks, you've been on my uh, on my train here. LSU, this is a weird line, and this is Vegas telling you not to take LSU because something weird is going to happen. But LSU, yeah. now in the driver's seat for the West, is a three-point favorite at Arkansas. Arkansas, who just lost yeah. to Liberty last week. Vegas is literally telling you not to take LSU here, but I'll take LSU. <laughs> I'm going to take LSU too, but that is really bizarre. So they're, I mean, yeah. That is a bizarre line, and I don't know what Vegas knows that we don't, but it's always annoying because Vegas always know knows something. more. But yeah, and we'll probably lose this, but whatever. Uh, Louisville is a seven-point underdog at Clemson. I think Clemson. I think I think I'll take Louisville here. I was just, just about to say I'm going to take Louisville, but sorry. all right, give me Louisville. That's all right. Um, all right, sorry, I said I was going to let you pick first. I'll let you pick That's the next okay. few. Alabama is a 12-point favorite at Ole Miss. Alabama yeah. coming off the LSU loss. Give me Alabama. That line could have been 30, and I would be taking Alabama after last week. I agree. I agree. I, I'm sorry that we picked the same first four, <laughs> but I, I think Alabama yeah. rolls them. Yeah. Uh, no pun intended. Tulane is a two-point favorite against UCF. Um, that game is at Tulane, and the winner wins the American. Uh, or wins wins the first seed in the American. I don't know if they play for like a conference championship. I think they play. They play for, for a conference, conference championship. Yeah. They do. So so this would be like for the for the one seed or for um, mm-hmm. the better seeding and I think American standings. Oh, it could be for uh, it could be for that division. If yeah, they have two divisions. Um, let's see here. No, I don't think they have divisions. So it must just be. Oh, Cincinnati. Yeah, I think this would knock this would knock you. So yeah, I, I think this game is really important though. But give me Tulane. I, I'm not picking UCF. All right, give me UCF. Um I put that Florida State was the best team in the state, and I have had UCF fans in my mentions all day. All like for the last two days, basically saying, like, don't you know that seven and three is better or seven and two is better than six and three? And I was just like yeah, but if it's you do not. it against a deaf, dumb, and blind, yeah, it's it? not. It's not the same thing. I don't believe in the transitive property, but you guys got beat down by Louisville. We beat Louisville, right. and on a neutral field, Florida State would be a seven to ten point favorite against yeah. UCF. Like at least, we win eight I, I, out of ten times for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I love Liberty. I love what they're having doing right now, but I think Florida State six and three is probably better than their eight and one. Right. right. Like I just, right. you know, for I, sure. I'm happy for Liberty. No, not like, probably. It is. Yeah. But so don't, this record thing. Call, is, is uh, UCF fans love the transitive property though. Yeah. So uh, Georgia Tech is a point and a half favorite against Miami. God, I hope that happens so bad. Give me Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, we can disagree on this one. UF is an eight point favorite against South Carolina. I will take UF. I like South Carolina. I think Florida wins, but I can give you a chance to get a point here. Um, Texas is a seven-point favorite against, I think they're number four. Is TCU number four right now? Mm. Um, Texas is a four-point favorite. I'm sorry, a seven-point favorite against number four TCU. Is that weird? Like <clears throat> that Texas I think TCU. I think TCU is incredibly <laughs> overrated and hasn't played anyone yet. Mm. So not super weird. 
All right, I'll take TCU. I'll I'll take Texas just to keep it okay. interesting. Wake Forest is a three point three and a half point favorite against UNC. Uh, Wake has dropped the last couple of games. UNC did not look very good against Virginia, so this is a crap ball here. But both teams are ranked, so what you like? Give me North Carolina. I'll take Wake. Just though, I really have no no clue yeah. on this one, so I'll just take the opposite. And then. Um, a team without a coach and a team that might not have a coach, um, but it's going to be a lot more expensive to get rid of. Auburn is a two-point favorite against A&M. Um, I'll Give me Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm not cheering for – And honestly, so. I will tell you what. I kind of hope Auburn hires Cadillac Williams because I think I like that him. it's – I like him. I like, uh, you know, I like listening to his interviews. I think the team is playing hard for him. I think that there's – uh, very few people that understand what it means to be an Auburn Tiger more than he does. And I think he can relate to the players. So if I'm H- Auburn, I'd consider hiring him. Yeah. I like Cadillac Williams. He was fun as heck to watch for like a year and a yeah, half in Tampa. Um, that's it. We'll recap him next week. So anything else? Any big takeaways? You got some playoff teams? What do you think here? Uh, you know, I think that I think two SEC teams get in. I think, uh, there is a great, 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 great chance an 11-1 and Tennessee team still makes it into the playoffs. I honestly was kind of surprised at uh, at their performance against Georgia. I think that Georgia played one of the more complete games we've seen them play. I think Tennessee played one of the worst games we've seen them play. Now, is that because Georgia's that much better? I don't know, maybe. But I honestly expected Tennessee to have a lot better showing than they did. Um, <clears throat> but I think that there's a very good shot, especially with LSU being in control of the West. I don't think LSU makes it into the playoffs, even if they win. But um, <clears throat> I I think Tennessee sneaks in there. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with that. I think if LSU beats Georgia, mm-hmm. because their loss to Florida State came so far early in the yeah. year, and I think that if Florida State wins the next three, they'll be a top 15 team. And so then they've got a top 15 loss, Top five loss to Tennessee. I think LSU would make it in, and they would. It would be Tennessee that gets bumped. So I, I think just, I think one I think less loss, co- and with one of LSU's losses being to Tennessee, if if LSU's, if it, I, I don't know, I just I, I just think I, the I playoff. So I think that's what should happen. Yeah, but I think the playoff <clears throat> committee has always valued one conference championships and two. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Right. Yeah, Remember, I understand you know, that, but I, I think the I think head-to-head will be a factor as as well. I don't know. I, I mean, think we'll the, see. I think the early head-to-head, sh- it should be, but I don't think it will. I think the playoff committee will put in – I just cannot see – unless an SEC championship champion had like four or five losses, yeah. like I just can't see a situation. I think there's a scenario where Tennessee SEC. gets in and LSU gets in and Georgia doesn't if LSU beats Georgia. <sighs> See, I don't know. I think Georgia would still be above Tennessee because of again that head to head that you're talking about. I think I mean, making so I think head to head counts once, but not in another. I mean, so I, I think head to head head to head is trumped by a championship. Would so be maybe my there'll take be three there. SEC teams in the maybe. I mean, Which, honestly, if Alabama had beaten LSU, we'd be sitting here talking about there potentially being three uh, in in the SEC championship game. Well, I mean, excuse I mean, me, in the playoffs. So maybe. Maybe that'll look happen. Who's, we'll see. Look who's up and around there, right? Like I think TCU loses this weekend mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve. 
you know, is is booted out. Ohio State and Michigan, like one of them are going to lose to the other gone. one. Right. And then they'll they'll be out. And so you're talking, do you have three SEC teams or does Oregon find a way to sneak in? See, I think they- Oregon ends up losing before the end of the season, too. I think there's a decent chance that uh so that they're gone. Oregon plays Washington this so weekend. I think they Utah. win that. They do play Utah, but Mario's not there anymore, so they don't have to worry as much about that one. Um, <laughs> they do play Utah and Oregon State to finish it up. Yeah. But then I think they would play um, – I think the way it works is they would play USC in the mm-hmm. uh, in the championship, which would be a ton of fun. Like that would be a yeah. great – I mean, and the winner would – assuming either team hadn't lost already, the winner would go to the playoff, which, which would be fine with me. Like Maybe. USC or Oregon – well, I mean, Oregon at that point. I mean, they're they're both going to have just one loss if that's the case. Like, yeah, if they win I think, out, I think that there's an argument to. I I don't know. I feel like we get we leave leave pack uh, ten teams out all the time. So, yeah, I'd be pretty surprised if they put pack in. 12, excuse me. Yeah, I I think what's, but I also think what's most likely is I don't think that LSU can beat Georgia. Like yeah. we just said, a I don't lot think to that say. they do either, but we just said a uh, lot to say like, Oh, if, if LSU super... doesn't, then I think we really are looking at Georgia and Tennessee, both getting in Georgia, Tennessee, a big 10 and a pac 12 mm-hmm. is the way I see it going down. Yeah. Like the winner of Oregon, USC, or, I mean, if TCU keeps, I mean, TCU goes undefeated. I mean, they're going to get in. Right. I but I just don't see them going but... undefeated. Yeah. So, Okay. What I'm hoping for is I really need Tulane to win this weekend mm-hmm. and then I need Cincinnati to beat Tulane in two weeks so yeah. that Liberty, if that happens, Liberty will be the highest ranked uh, group of five and they'll go to a New York Six Bowl. That'd be fun. And Liberty up a, will cry. I'd, be lo- I'd love it. Um, but uh, yeah, Liberty going to a New York Six Bowl. That'd be a lot of fun. I, they yeah. might go to the Orange Bowl and get to play like Clemson. That'd be fun. I might go. That'd be that. cool. Yeah, probably won't. But I, there'll I actually be fans in the stands, so that'll be cool. Hey, there were last week. We brought some fans, so I'm just meeting games played in Miami. But yeah, well, I mean, I, Florida State's gonna gonna put fans in the stands no matter what. So, all right, that's all I got. We'll be back that's next week. We'll see if you guys can uh, avoid an upset. Oh, I do upset. have one more thing to report: Tampa Catholic beat Jesuit this year. First time it's happened in 22 years. I was a freshman at Tampa Catholic, a freshman cheerleader on the field. The game took place at Plant. Yes. I've been eight before, but oof. Tampa Catholic beat <laughs> Jesuit. So I got made all the calls to my family. My brothers were all not so pumped. It was awesome. They all went to Jesuit. Yep. And they all call me every single year after this game. Every single year without fail. So I finally got to be able to be the one to make those phone calls. And it was very exciting. <laughs> That's awesome. I saw the celebration. I saw everybody running on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like fun. It is one of the coolest high school football rivalries. Um, really, really neat and nice to have it swing back the other direction for once. That's awesome. Well, congrats to you guys. We'll be back next week, Monday or Tuesday night. I'm not sure. Again, shout out Brent Insurance, 954-589-2204. See you guys next week. Go Knowles. Go Gators. Oh, man. I forgot to end it quick.